0: And in, in that is in a scenario, right? And mm-hmm. uh, your ideal scenarios that you discussed. And in, in thinking of your past dates, mm-hmm. how many times do you think, give me a ballpark percentage, mm-hmm. that you um, footed the bill for your first date?
1: Zero Fucking percent. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> What?
2: Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, wait, is okay. that what people do? No. <laughs> Zero percent of the time. No. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And insult it if you ask. And don't split the check either.
0: (laughs) Well, welcome back, Flesh and Bold listeners. In today's episode, we will be discussing relationships and the inequities within them. Okay, today we're joined by a wonderful guest, uh, our mother. Say hi, Mom. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. Okay.
2: Proper voice on.
0: Okay. So, both of you, I know um uh you've both been married. Nia, you're currently married. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about um before you're married or first dates, right? A first date scenario.
2: Okay.
0: Uh I want you to walk me through. I'll have uh, one of you go first, walk me through a first date.
2: Like an ideal first date or a real first date we've had?
0: It's ideal, what you expect to happen? Okay. Within a first
2: date. Mom should go first on this one. I'd love to hear the answer.
1: My younger self or now? Ooh, I, 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 I let, let's. Let, I want to hear both. You want to hear both? Let, okay. let, I definitely want to hear older self.
0: But start with the younger self, and then we'll go older self.
1: Okay, cool. My younger self. I guess I started really dating kind of early one person, but then really start dating other people around 18. And I guess my expectations weren't as high. Okay. I mean, a dinner, a movie, um, didn't care about conversation, had to be fine, um, and had to work somewhere so that I know a check was coming every week, weekly <laughs> or something, so that they could keep up with the little expectations I had with the movie, the date, uh, you know, the movie date, dinner, um, even shopping. So those were my expectations then. On a first, whether it's first date, second date, or tenth date, okay, continue to wine and dine me, or I'm not interested
0: love that journey for you sweetie
1: yeah and that's your younger self that's my younger self and not that i can say that my older self has changed but it has in a way because now i'm looking at do you have a 401k
2: (laughs) (laughs) is that a real question you ask you would ask on a date or you would be curious to know oh i would
1: have to know before i go on the (laughs) date I'm not wasting my time My time at my age
2: is very very important And I don't have
1: time to figure out Whether he has a 401k And I'm spending dinner with him now
2: Why is the 401k important? At least
1: be able to take care of yourself I got one, you can't use mine you gotta have your own Ooh. I love this, so, dating over 60 geez, it's a prerequisite I love it, I yeah, love you it you gotta have that, you gotta have your own car, your own house you can't be living with your grandmama, your aunt, your cousins or none of that you gotta have your own shit at this point point. Uh, and be pretty well settled and have a good conversation I like to talk about world events I like to and ratchet events yeah I do, I like both, you know <laughs> Um, also, I really don't care what they look like at this point. Mm. They could look like Bubbo the Clown. You wouldn't care. Long as they got some loot. (laughs) (laughs) You so I could look over all of that. Oh my gosh. You know, um... Yeah, Ooh. Luke and health. Yeah. At my age, there's so many people that are on medication. Yeah, Sometimes if it's not mental medication, it's, you know, something for high blood pressure or cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And I like to walk. I like to exercise. So the person has to be physically fit. So I want their mind to be good. They can be ugly as hell. <laughs> I want their mind to be intact. A 401k. And, nobody and like to exercise, yeah. and limited amount of medication. And I know we all <laughs> gonna have medication at some point at my age, but I think if you're physically fit, it's gonna lessen the amount of medication you gotta take. Yeah. And I've noticed that men and, and women in my age group they don't enjoy exercising. I get a high from it. Mm-hmm. I feel bad when I can't exercise. Yeah. So to me, that's important. But like I said, they can be ugly, but they gotta have all those other things. Word. So if you're
2: out there, if you fit those criteria, yeah. holla, holla! Hey, this, this is. She's probably why you my, can be ugly. Yeah, <laughs> she's probably why my
0: number one uh, love language is gifts. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. get it from she my is. mama. Get it from your mama. Oh my gosh,
0: what about you, Nia? Can you describe your first a uh, first date scenario?
2: As a person in their thirties now? Uh as as you were just what you would expect, yeah. Yeah, no? How um, for it to go. Gosh, I haven't been on like a for real date in a minute. Yeah. But I would say I I expect like dinner. Like if I don't know you like dinner in a movie, if we've gone on a couple of dates, I would expect you to flex a little bit. Like, you know, take mm-hmm. me on a um a day trip, like a yacht. You know, kind of cruise oh. or something like that.
0: You are your mother's
2: daughter. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> When you said like, flex, a yacht flex? Oh, yeah. my God. You don't have to own the yacht.
0: Yeah. Just okay. like
2: an experience. Like something that like is not necessarily store bought. Yeah. She
1: wants something that's going to blow her mind. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like show me. Show me like the worldly time I could have if I was dating you, you know? Yeah. Like mom said, she got her own stuff. I have my own stuff. So do something I wouldn't do for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, thank you for both of you answering. I think there can be some assumptions made about your answers. So what I'm going to do is ask you some specific questions. Okay. About what you kind of expectations of the first date. So on the first date, um, uh, would you be asking? Uh, can we assume that your partner, that the person you're going on a date with, is uh, uh, is a man?
2: I don't know. I don't know if that's the correct assumption. Okay, I don't
1: either. Well,
0: well,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, look, that, y'all getting
0: into a whole other y'all getting into a whole podcast episode, okay? Up until now, I have known both of you to exclusively date men. Is that correct?
2: Well, your knowledge, okay? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So in dating, I'm gonna preface this with saying, uh, the the partner, um, mm-hmm. the suitor, the person, the other person is mm-hmm. a man. Okay. So assume that with okay. these questions.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: and your ideals that you just scenarios came up with. Did you
1: ask them on a date?
0: Or did they ask um,
1: you on a date? Who asked who on a date? I would never ask a man. A
2: <laughs>
1: if y'all can see she the was look, say if that. you can see the
0: look on her face, I <laughs> do no, it. Okay.
2: I knew she was gonna say that. Yeah, I I'm of my mother, so I I likely wouldn't ask a man on
1: because this is my thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't have enough gall to walk up and ask me for yeah. a date. I'm out of your league.
0: Yeah. So would you put waiting to be asked on a date more with uh, like women and that, that the man uh, like a man should ask a woman on a date or but but can men also wait to be asked?
2: I guess, but I... you won't get asked from us <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> love that, okay, okay. Um, so within, you know, the scenario, uh, do you decide on plans by yourself? Um or do you let the person decide on plans?
1: The person has to have it all mapped out. You asked me. I didn't ask you, number one. And it has to be laid out to a T if you want a second date. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. Yeah. I, like yeah. Yeah. I like
2: that. I like that.
1: Same. Same 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 you. Same seats.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not planning nothing. I
0: I imagine the trend we're going, but (laughs) but just to make sure, uh, just another one, Uh, do you pick them up or do they pick you up?
1: (laughs) First of all. Again, if you ask me for the date, you need to have the card, the time you're going to pick me up, you should have Googled everything so we know where we're going. Don't do no shit that's going to annoy me by not being organized, or you're not going to have a second date. I can't even. So if you really like me, have it all together, or a line will be drawn through your name
2: <laughs> and blocked. I can't even. Yes, pick
1: it up. Okay, Okay. and just for shits and giggles. And
2: and you're Maserati. Come on. Yeah. To the yacht experience.
0: The yacht experience. Uh, Yes, for shits and giggles, because why not, um, would you uh, open the door for your date or expect the door to be open for you?
1: I'm old school. If he do not have enough, uh, to get up and open my door at least the first couple times, impress (laughs) a bitch. You know what I'm
2: saying?
1: Least the first couple times. Yeah. To let me know that you've been properly raised. <laughs> <laughs> I can forgive later on. But if you're trying to impress me,
0: yeah,
1: jump to open the door. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Hold my hand out of the door to make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. it ain't gonna happen no more. Yeah, my husband still opens the door for me. (coughs) Oh,
0: that's wonderful. He opens the door for me, too.
2: He's just a good person. He's just a good person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you think that um, uh, you would call your friend, a friend, to discuss the date? Or would your uh, partner do that? Or both of you?
1: Probably both. Call my friend?
0: Like, to discuss, like, how it went. Like,
1: this is what happened on the date, girl. Oh uh, yeah, I would probably call. And say, do you know what the fuck happened to me today? Oh, sorry, no. that's fine. Yeah, okay. that's fine.
0: Yeah. Did you did you eat light on your date, or did your date eat light?
1: No, I'm going
0: in. No,
2: well, I'm eating everything.
1: Okay, you paying? I'm in. Okay, I'm even getting an appetizer. <laughs> Something I don't normally do when I'm eating alone.
0: So I imagine that, uh, and and that is in a scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, some relationships start out as dates. And actually, research conducted by Cameron and Curry in 2020, um, she examined gender-based attitudes and gender roles in a dating context um, through hypothetical scripts. So some of those questions that I asked you about, like, would you pay on the first date, that was within the script. And so basically what she found was... That uh, those scripts haven't changed much in the last twenty years. Given Bob's answers, maybe not much in the last <laughs> forty or fifty. Um, so, like, in, so, I, I guess, what do you think about that, Nia? Because, like, in society, we think we've come a lot a long way, or we've come ways, or this generation is different in how they approach gender roles and what they expect to happen.
2: Yeah, but I I consider those questions in dating in general altogether different than relationships. Like, I don't think they're one and the same. Mm. Like, dating and and asking and courting somebody is like the peacock. You want to have the bigger feathers and, like, attract the mates. Mm. That's not necessarily how you're going to act within a relationship, to me. Like you're just like for me and for mom, obviously we're the same. <laughs> she raised me. Yeah. So like I'm very traditional in like how I would like to be impressed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it is gonna play out in our actual relationship. Does that make sense?
0: That that does make sense. And I and the research would say basically that um Yeah what you're saying is true. However, it still follows a gender-based attitude script about like what is expected in society, such as like, um, what they call it and what it relates to is benevolent sexism. Right. So that, um, a concept where that's founded on the principles such as men are chivalrous. You need to hold doors and Mm -hmm. uh, you need to pull out the chair Mm -hmm. and bill's expected to be paid. And that's seen as like nice. Right. But how that has been rooted in sexism. I remember mom and I, she used to (laughs) get mad because I would say, "Uh, I'm not, I'm not sexist. You can open your own door kind Mm -hmm. of thing in, in, in joking. But like, that's where it comes up. um, I think in this study,
2: but I think I like that, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think while that may be true and while I may or may not agree with that, that's what I want, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I have come... And maybe, you know, we talk about intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Like, in being a... Uh, someone who presents as woman, mm-hmm. right? Like, a black woman moving in the world. If you're not daily, you know, treated with, like, respect and femininity and all that stuff, like, you you may want that even more. And so, I don't know. I kind of feel like, yeah, but also I want those things. Like, I expect those things. Partly, I guess, because society says that this is what women should have, right? Mm -hmm. Women that are worthy will have doors held open for them, Mm -hmm. have bills paid, and those sort of things. So I think there's some more complexity there.
0: Yeah. I, I think what came up for me as you were talking was this idea that Uh, The patriarchy um, and sexism hurts men too Because I'm sure (laughs) men want those things too, right? They want doors of help for them (laughs) They want their first date paid for, right? It's actually funny because I had a student We were talking about uh, gender um, and women's issues and womanhood And he discussed, my student discussed Like, I wish someone would buy flowers for me and a student who's femme was like i'm gonna buy flowers for you when we're finally in person i'll buy flowers for you but like i think right like you want those things but like
2: don't all people want those things yeah Yeah. Yeah. no i agree i i think they do but i think there's two things that come up for me one is that like i you know in some ways mom who's raised me has like kind of taught you how to like weed out scrubs Mm. and like what she's what you're what you're really doing when you're saying i need you to have these qualifications is in her mind whatever her priorities and qualities whatever my priorities and qualities are in a mate you have to at least meet that benchmark right and before i'll even engage because i don't want to waste my time with somebody who is not going to meet the mark right so i think that's one thing and the other thing we're talking about is very heteronormative if you Mm -hmm. will like we're talking about opposite sex relationships mm-hmm. so like maybe we should also think about like same sex relationships how does this play out does this play out is there one person how, like is there an awkward conversation at the table when you're paying for your first meal or like is it just are there other rules you know unwritten rules for those communities
0: yeah um, well I'll answer from my perspective in yeah. my research because I think something that mom answered kind of is has always been my safe approach okay and that is she said you asked me on the date you're supposed <laughs> to have the blah 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 right and so my my perspective right and engaging and going on same uh uh gender dates is my expectation is whoever asked for who mm-hmm. uh, whoever asked for the date right um invited the person on the date should be should pay for it <laughs> the whole date okay um, and but out of safety precautions, I always make sure I have my money with me, just in case they think and feel differently because some people wasn't raised right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to use mom's words. Yeah. so you've never had a conversation at the date like who's gonna who' gonna pay for this meal? Uh, like or is it I, I
0: I have never initiated mm. said conversation mm. what people have done that have asked me on drinks which i always appreciate um and i think it's a kind of like sexy flux is like get what you want i i got it or it's on me like mm. it's on me and they say that at the beginning
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right so i don't have to spend the whole day like like damn am i gonna have to pay for this like let me <laughs>
2: let, let me scale it back me, yes
0: exactly Um, so, yeah, but I've never initiated that conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, research says that, um, in terms of, like, these, um, gender-based scripts that we follow about who should pay for things, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, overall, queer folks kind of don't uphold them, um, especially there's been research done, um, that really looked at lesbian couples, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, within, uh, those couples overall, they, um, tend to reject gender roles in those gender scripts and they value other things more such as like different levels of satisfaction and, um, connectedness and emotionality there. Um, that being said, you know, women are a future, however men, <laughs> right? Uh, when it has come to gay men, um the research talked about them being kind of inundated with the same kind of messages Mm -hmm. from society that um, talk about first moves, sexualizing um, kind of the bravado aspect. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so there's some negotiation there, but those roles are usually kind of present, but because you have two people doing it, it's just, (laughs) it's still like, like both things aren't, both things are existing at the same time, so it can't be this... Um, it's still kind of egalitarian, right? They're making choices mm. together and
2: deciding who gets to do things rather than this expectation. Mm. Be- but that's still interesting. Like, it, you know, you can't... You're not necessarily putting your patriarchal hat aside just because you're in the same-sex relationship, right? Like, it, it still shows up. Right. And it just happens to be egalitarian because both of y'all are bringing it.
0: Yeah. And I heard, you know, you talk about... Making a difference between dating and relationships, mm-hmm. and I want to move to that part. Let's do it um, next. But I think in this conversation about queerness and where and how this shows up, um, I want to point out uh, a, spe- a specific article that talked about. Um, it was by Herbrand, um, came out in twenty eighteen. It talked about ideals, negotiations, and gender roles in gay and uh, lesbian co-parenting arrangements right Mm. so this was um, would be um, a gay person and a lesbian person they have a a child biological child together Mm. and they decide to co- parent right Mm. so will um, gender roles be upheld or will will they be dismissed what do you think before I share will
2: gender roles be upheld or will they be dismissed when it comes to raising the child specifically yeah
0: and when we think about the duties Mm -hmm. of like relationships
2: I think, you know, they're so ingrained in our minds that it's hard to just like completely shake them. I would say that, um, they might consider like bucking against them, but ultimately may fall into the same gender, gender roles.
0: Ding, ding, ding. I was surprised. You're right. I was, (laughs) I was surprised by that. So, um... Ultimately, um, dominant gender norms remained largely unquestioned, um, Mm -hmm. which would oftentimes lead with tension, to to tension and unbalanced parental power. Mm. Um, so you would think, right, that, uh, by them co-parenting... Um, it offers the opportunity and potential for parents to reconcile some of these contradictory social expectations, right? Mm. To provide them with opportunities to create family practices that actually suit them better as queer people. Mm. But that's not the case. <laughs> uh, and so I think back to kind of what you said, the power of these kind of messages that yeah. we receive um, when when we're younger. Um, so, yeah, of course gender roles and gender-based attitudes uh, don't stop when folks are married or in relationships, kind of as you said. So I'm curious if you can talk about your role um, in your life or as a pediatrician specifically, where you kind of see people um, who are parents or kids or in relationships um, and talk about how does gender show up there? How do you see
2: Well, I don't know. I'll have to think about the pediatrician part, but I definitely have a story for when my son was little. Um, I remember when we first moved to Chicago, I was working a lot, started a new job, and I think my husband was looking for a job, maybe. Um, I don't know that he was working as much as I was. Let's just say that. And he, uh, my son, would be like, Mom, you work too much, you work too much, which he still says. But he was like, you work too much, you work too much. I want you to stay home, and I want Dad to work. I want him to drive Uber. <laughs> I don't know why it was Uber, but I want you to stay home. And I'm like, why? Yes. <laughs> and he was young. I guess he was like what four? Mm. Um. So these messages happen very young. Um, and I was like, why? He's like, well, I want to be a 3:30er. Everybody, all the other kids are picked up by 3:30 by their moms. And I stay late and um, I can't go home with, with my mom. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, their moms don't work or stay at home with them. And so we had conversations around that. But I remember that vividly. Like, I want you to stay home with me. Daddy should be the one that goes out, you know, and works. Daddy should drive Uber. So I remember that specifically. Um, how it shows up as a pediatrician. You know, I I I can think about my specialty in that, like, it is stereotypically uh, a specialty where women are primarily um, in the workforce. That's not true for leadership, though. Mm. The leadership, the the you know chairs and division heads and all those people in the ivory tower, the academic setting, tend to be more likely to be men. Mm. But the people that are seeing the kids doing the work um, largely are women. Um, so there was a situation the other day where, you know, when we do exams, a lot of times we will say we're gonna get a chaperone mm. just for say, you know, for um so that person feels safe, so we feel safe. Um, and so I remember what happened the other day was uh, uh, a boy asked for a male chaperone, mm. And we didn't have any. Mm. <laughs> we didn't have like nowhere in the clinic was there a man or someone who at least was male presenting mm-hmm. to be a chaperone. And I thought that was like interesting state of like our specialty and where we are. We didn't have any men present. It was, it was kind of interesting. Um, as far as who brings patients, like who brings kids to appointments, I'll say that's radically changed mm. since COVID.
1: Right.
2: Um, I would say primarily I would see, um, moms or moms and dads maybe, mm. But now, I've seen kind of a mix because we have limited how many people can be in the clinic. So, only mm. one person can come. Well, it depends, but only one person can come. And I've been pleasantly surprised my last few clinic sessions, they've been mostly dads bringing them. Mm. And I don't know why that shift. Maybe they're working from home more. Maybe they feel like, you know, they can. They want to give mom a break. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I've been pleasantly surprised that there have been more dads bringing their Kids.
0: That's so interesting to think about how COVID, by like forcing everyone to be like stay at home caregivers, mm. right? How that has might might have changed the role of who's expected to be the emergency contact or who mm. gets to come and do those duties that were relegated or thought of to be like second shift duties or exactly. the burden of on the burden of uh, the femme parent or a femme parent.
2: Right. Isn't wow. that interesting? Because, like, you know, women's careers are deprioritized sometimes in these hetero um, like relationships and now that maybe everybody's or a lot of people not everybody obviously but now that a lot of people are working from home like you can take your kid up to the doctor <laughs> right like you here I see you on your computer I got something to do you know like right. that so I don't know it's interesting somebody should do a study on that I, I bet know. somebody is so I don't wow. know
0: That that's that's so interesting.
2: Can I invite you
0: back to explore also more in your life how you think um, you being, and I'll use specific language that has a gender connotation but doesn't have to be related to gender, okay. how you um, as a mommy, that's mm-hmm. your son calls you, as a mommy, <laughs> and your husband as a daddy, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like you follow the traditional gender script within your household?
2: No, and I think that's why I was like dating to me is a whole other thing. <laughs> like dating I want to be I want to be feeling like I'm you know treated in a certain way or am you know following that specific stereotype. But in my relationship and I don't know if it's like just my relationship with my husband or if I would be like this in any relationship, but I feel like our relationship is more at best egalitarian at worst lopsided and where he does more of the work that I would say is traditionally seen as women's work mm. like cooking and stuff like that washing clothes mm. so at best egalitarian but to be honest I don't think I don't think it is egalitarian I think he does way more of things that are seen as women got you
0: you it's interesting cuz I heard you also say that Outside of this specific relationship with him as a partner, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you and another relationship still might look this way, right?
2: Yeah, it's like I don't know.
0: What do you? I would hope. What do you think are some of the factors that might have influenced you that no matter it's not just this dynamic, but it's a part of who you are, where you are that that would be the role?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. One is I don't cook, so that makes (laughs) it real real easy. Real easy. I mean, I will cook, but I don't like doing it. It doesn't bring me joy, yeah. and I avoid it at all cost. So I think that probably has a big thing, big component. Um, I also think I'm busy as fuck. Like, mm. I think I'm busy, yeah. and my career is super busy, and I cannot do always all the things that traditionally mommies do or parts, wives do, um, and I think I'm just really lucky in that I have a partner that supports my career wholeheartedly and wants to... Well, I won't say wants. I don't know if anybody wants to like do all the chores, but will do all those things, right? And not bat an eyelash about it. So in another context, I think I would still do the same things I'm doing now. There just would be more tension maybe around that. Like, you don't ever... You're never home or you're doing this or you know I have to cook or you know I think there might be more tension in other relationships.
0: Maybe perhaps and let me say based on research if someone had your partner in a different relationship have a similar education level as you Mm. there might not be as much tension because Mm. um, it's actually not surprising uh, about the egalitarian relationship that you describe that you're currently in, mm. uh, given research that was conducted by Pesson that examined the changing gender norms and dynamics in the United States. Mm. Um, the research uh, researchers found that for college-educated women, the association between gender norms um, and marriage formation became positive when gender uh, egalitarianism uh, prevailed. So when um, there was equal status, mm-hmm. usually uh, marriage would be form, uh, formed and they would continue on, right? So it was seen as this positive thing. Um, on the other side of that, though, overall, in general, from all the research uh, that was conducted there, overall, high there was a higher prevalence for egalitarian gender norms predicting a decline in marriage formation however this mostly affected women without a college degree
2: can you say more I don't think I completely get that. yeah so month.
0: so basically like your group is a subgroup where um, women with who were college educated mm-hmm. um, uh, egalitarian relationships mm-hmm. prevailed when college education was present however women and overall who didn't have a college education mm-hmm. um, They weren't likely to get married if they also wanted um, egalitarianism.
2: Oh, interesting. uh, uh, uh,
0: When it came to gender norms, so so basically, if you are yourself not college educated and possibly with a partner who's not college educated, that relationship also doesn't. They need to have traditional gender norms.
2: Oh, interesting. Um, Can you say if that study or any study looked at this by race and ethnicity? And the reason why I ask that is because just like anecdotally, like the very few people that I know that are married that are black women would say that they are, are not in an egalitarian relationship. And it's very gendered um, or the roles are very gendered. And so I just wonder if it also, there are also differences by like race and ethnicity or some other factors. Like if you're in the South you know, um, just going to school in the South. Is it like, are people more likely to have these gender roles or some other sort of characteristics too? Or were were we talking about white women? You know, like I'm just trying to make it make sense.
0: Yeah. So, uh, similar to all research, they didn't tease out, um, race as a predicting factor. However, um, Within the study, they did look at specifically black, um, white, and other. Those were the race ethnic categories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they didn't say within the study if um, there were seen as no significant difference mm. um, between those categories, um, as well as they did account for uh, region um, mm-hmm. as well. But once again. Uh, And the sum of their results, they didn't focus on. These
2: different groups. Exactly, That's interesting. I would would be interested to know, because I had this conversation with a friend who's now married, but um, she wasn't at the time. And I was like, "Um, she's a feminist. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we were having this conversation about how, you know, my husband tends to cook and do all this other stuff. And how my friends, the ones that were married, their husbands didn't. And very adamantly wanted, like expected food to be ready and all of these things Mm. to happen for these women that have these very intense, stressful, long hour careers. And so it was surprising to me. And she's like, yeah, but are they happy? And I'm like, well, they seem happy. She's like, but are they actually happy? You know, (laughs) we had this like long conversation, like they don't want to be doing that shit. Like that's what she would say. Um, And I would imagine her relationship as well is very egalitarian given that conversation we had, but I would have to ask her.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of um, a research study that I kind of looked at, that's somewhat related. I hear that also when I think about your friends that, excuse me, necessarily um, uh, aren't in those kind of egalitarian relationships, Mm -hmm. I think of the question that comes up, well, do they have a lot of choices, right? That's what she was um, asking. um, Yes, and choosing. And so research, there was some research that conducted, they kind of centered black men and, and looking at... Their black and African American men looking at their choices. What they found in doing so was comparing it against African women, African American women's choices. Mm-hmm. Basically they found that African American women may have to compromise their mate preferences. Mm-hmm. So you remember all the things that you were listening at the beginning that mom kind of ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. They were basically showed that they'd have to compromise their mate preferences, uh, compromise, dates, therapy, compromise yeah. yes, their date preferences um, to have less uh, desirable partners part of that due to um gender power disadvantages and and things that were related to gender
2: yeah and i know we're not going there but like i wonder too right like is it partly because of mass incarceration right and there's Mm. not there's there's the supply demand is here but supply is down there Is that a part of it? Is it also because women that get college degrees and advanced degrees tend to be older because they've just been in school longer and feel like they have to, their biological clocks are ticking or there's some societal expectations that they need to be married by 30. Like people have said stuff like that. Um, And so do they feel like, okay, I need to just like, this one, he looks, it sounds good. (laughs) Like and keep it moving, you know? Yeah. So, and the other thing I've, This and the whole other podcast is that like I've seen things that black women are less willing to date outside of their race. Yeah. And so if you've got mass incarceration and racism you got all these other things and the supply is low but you want to date within your race like you know you might be more willing to compromise whereas mom and I may be like I'm cool dating outside of my race to meet these qualifications. I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. When given what you shared and what the article that talked about, um, how, uh, egalitarianism affects women without college degrees and the intersection of all those identities. I just think about like how oppression essentially, and the intersection of, of oppression, the intersections when we talk about race, gender, um, education status, um, incarceration, status, all mm-hmm. these things come together and impact folks um, and how we have a lot of work to do. There's so much work to in do. And dismantling all these systems.
2: And I didn't get that. Like, I had this conversation in college with, um, I was doing some research at a med- local medical school, and there was somebody there, too, who was doing research. She's uh, African, of African descent, but she, I don't think she would classify herself as African American. I can't remember what country her parents were from. But she was saying, and I was about to get married at the time, and she was like, well, you know, uh, there's not a lot of, like, the marriage rate is low among Black and African American folks, and that should worry you. And I was like, why? Like, I'm going to get married to this person in, like, a month, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you know, if if other people are partnering, and you're partnering with this other person, and there's a whole group of Black or African American women out here that are unpartnered, right, like you should care about that and and she's like well think about you know um relationships where people go outside of their marriage and stuff like that because there's not enough people to partner with so Mm -hmm. if you want to have a relationship that's just you and in this person and all of these other people are uncoupled like or unpartnered if you will that should worry you and I was like oh I mean I can kind of understand that that conversation now Mm -hmm. but then but I was like oh." care about what they're doing over there right we right. good we good over we here, good over here. <laughs> yeah. but it makes sense because of oppression and all the all the isms yeah
0: well yeah well i know i've enjoyed hearing from you and your takes and i'm so glad we had mom uh here yeah uh, she's a riot yes It seemed only appropriate to have her (laughs) in for this conversation, especially as we think about how gender roles, norms, and gender-based scripts have changed across the years and across generations, and maybe Mm. actually haven't changed.
2: It's wild. Okay, well, that's all we have for this show. And this semester. That's right, we're gonna be taking a summer break and return in August. So until then, stay.